0: hey this is sandra this is jess and this is emily and you are listening to town meeting a gilmore girls rewatch podcast
1: Welcome to the bits for Here Comes the Sun with an O, not a U. Because we're talking about Jess, the son of Jimmy. Exactly. It's wordplay. We've already
0: made our feelings known about Jimmy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've made my feelings known about Jimmy.
1: (laughs) Guys, Jess will not join us this week either, but she will be back next week. No worries. It's just me and Emily. But that's okay because Emily... Is the one doing the summary this week. Emily, you're sick this week, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I practiced
0: it, and normally, the more I read through it, the better I get at saying it quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I practiced once okay. and got it right at zero, so...
1: We shall see, then. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe that jinx oh, from, uh, from Jess will carry over. If and I fail, I blame Jess. I totally understood.
0: Not my own sickness or my own lack of preparation. I blame Jazz.
1: Or the baby, you know, that's currently in you
0: growing. Or the baby. I can yeah. blame so many things.
1: <laughs> you ready? Count me down. Three, two, one,
0: go. The school year is coming to a close, and Rory is engrossed in finals prep, while Lorelai is dived into Europe trip prep. Emily doesn't care, though. She needs help planning her offer for graduation. Luke tells Lorelai, who eventually tells Rory that Jess is gone. He gets dropped off in California to find Jimmy, and instead meets Sasha and Lily. Lorelai gets the very repetitive news that Yale is expensive, and financial aid is declined. Sasha takes Jess to Dante's Inferno, Jimmy's Boardwalk Restaurant, and they're all awkward. Miss Lane is introduced, Rory is Audrey Hepburn, Lorelai is Natalie Wood. Things are still frosty between Emily and Lorelai, and Lorelai catches Emily in a lie about dinner. Jess and Jimmy have it out, and Jess can hopefully crash at Jimmy's. Oh, and by the way, Rory got valedictorian.
1: Oh, with one second to spare. Ooh. I was kind of counting down because I was like, oh, my God, she's not going to be able to get everything. No, I'm
0: didn't. not going to lie. I'm out of breath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Usually I have Jess with me and we're both staring at each other like, how is Emily doing this? But I had no one to stare at this time. Just you, did I, I guess.
0: Did I did I get everything? I think you I did. got everything. You finished that one second. Nice. Okay. Yep. Hey, Jess you're not here but your point your point one is still valid in the it is
1: still valid right now we're all tied except Jess is a little bit ahead
0: oh wait who who has the last one it
1: would be Jess so at this point Jess sorry, is sorry Jess <laughs> you're oh. not even here to, to defend yourself oh yikes well next week we're gonna have to break the news to her Do we have to wait until next week? I I guess it'd be nice to to get on
0: recording so our (laughs) listeners can can listen to her failure.
1: (laughs) Now, usually Jess introduces me, but I can't, I don't want to introduce myself.
0: Jess isn't here. So for this episode, we are going to start off, as Sandra mentioned earlier, I believe in last week's episode, we are going to get a deep dive into the potential spinoff. Yep.
1: Weekly references with Sandra. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about Windward Circle. The show that never was. Which
0: always in my head now, because of the potential supernatural spinoff, mm. wayward sisters. Very close. The two are combined in my head. I feel that. I understand that. Now it's like Wayward what what was this one supposed to be? Windward Windward Circle. Windward Circle. Now it's Wayward Circle and Windward Sisters, <laughs> which doesn't make sense on any, does on any of, in any of them. <laughs>
1: Fun fact, uh, Windward Circle is actually the East Village in Venice. So oh, okay. that is actually the name of a part of Venice.
0: So it'd be like calling Gilmore Girls Stars Hollow.
1: Exactly. It's very similar to that. Okay. So as mentioned before, this episode of Gilmore Girls was a backdoor pilot for the Gilmore Girls spinoff that would have been about Jess's move to California. Now, the WB had committed to six episodes, but unfortunately, they dropped the project citing cost issues due to filming on location in Venice. I didn't even know they had committed to six. Mm-hmm. It was just too expensive, so they passed on the show. There were, there was, rather, there was, however, a scene that was filmed intended for the actual pilot of the the show that can be found on YouTube. I implore you guys to watch it because it's super awkward.
0: I implore you to not watch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but just to summarize, just in case you don't watch it, in it, a group of very Californian teens, like, I'm talking, they're all, like...
0: They're all speaking Valley. Yeah, I'm talking the long, Valley
1: blonde hair and, like, all of that. They're super upset with Jess because Jess stepped on Chance's painting and they steal his book because of it. Like, they steal Jess's book. Yeah. yeah. And then they, there's, like, uh, a little bit of sarcasm with like all the kids calling him rude and just just being like wow your vocabulary is amazing he calls them the apple gang and demands his book back unfortunately one of the members of the group she says no and skateboards away so Jess steals a skateboard and goes after her and that's the scene
0: which i'm not surprised that jess can skateboard i'm a little no. disappointed that we never got to see it
1: right He is still wearing the leather jacket don't you worry still there but it's it's a little bit similar to the oc the only thing missing was ryan saying you know what i love about rich kids nothing and then a punch like it's i've talked about the oc before yeah but in that scene of the oc we had dave well his name is seth but yes we had adam brody we had adam brody <laughs> but like i said i've talked about the oc before but it should be noted that the oc premiered on august 5th of 2003 while this original air, the while the original air date of here comes the sun was may 13th 2003 so it premiered 3 months later the oc so i'm thinking right this episode they they released this episode they think for the next fall lineup, mm-hmm. they're going to release... Uh, what's the name of the show? Windward Circle. What a mouthful, <laughs> by the way. I, I threw you off with the wayward sister <laughs> day. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to release this, right? But no. the OC got released at that time. Actually, a month before. So Fox already kind of released the same show of California Adventure led by Misunderstood Bad Boy, who also has family issues. We have that show. It's called The O.C. Yeah. Not to mention that W.E. was also planning on another show about an outcast from a small town led by another former Gilmore Girls actor, One Tree Hill, that premiered in September of that same year. I can't help but
0: feel like even with that competition, Windward Circle would have still done better because of the Gilmore following.
1: It's possible, this is just me talking. I do not know the truth, but I do think it kind of seems like there were too many similar shows airing yeah. at the same time. And sometimes it's better to focus all your energy on making one show a hit than mm-hmm. trying to make two separate shows into a hit or into mediocre success, especially yeah. when you figure out that competition and budget. Because
0: I'm sure because... ASP would have been writing both of them exactly, which would have been sharing a lot of work. time against a show that has a lot of
1: competition. And at that time, the OC was very popular. Mm -hmm. Like, it was one of the most seen shows outside of teen viewers. So, adult viewers were watching the show as well. Mm -hmm. Besides, filming California would have been just so expensive. And it might not have succeeded against the OC.
0: Yeah.
1: So... I think it's a combination of just the wrong time too expensive. And also was it going to be popular? Maybe. Right. Jess is a very popular character.
0: I wish we would have gotten a spinoff of
1: like put together Jess. I agree with that, but unfortunately we did not. So no spinoff for you, Jess. Sorry. And sorry to Milo who it kind of seemed was banking on this. According to the wiki, Milo was told in the beginning of season three that he was going to get his spin off. Oh, wow. So that's kind of it kind of makes sense that the slow rise of Rory and Jess came to this screeching halt. Right. They needed to write off his character and they mm-hmm. were doing it slowly, but still in a way where we're like left thinking Rory and Jess had such great chemistry beforehand. Why did they crash so hard? So hard. Yeah. So hard. But thankfully Milo's career did not end with this failed pilot, even though it could have. It very much could have. He's we gone on have, to have a very
0: very successful career.
1: We have seen so many shows where it's like they have two or three episodes before they're canceled and then we never see those people again. But like unfortunately the show just couldn't do it. So I'm yeah. hoping even though that show got cancelled, they can go past that show. Mm-hmm. Milo did. So, he did go off to have a stint on American Dreams, an NBC drama starring Britney Snow, set at the, in the mid-60s. I remember very specifically, because I never watched a show before, and then when I saw Milo on it, I was like, oh, well, I guess I have to watch the show. I never <laughs> heard of that show. It was very cute. Um, it was like, she was like uh, one of the dancers on, uh, what's that, Hairspray, um, American... Bandstand? Yes, that's it. Um, And it was like that kind of show. But later on, the WB tried again to give Milo a new show called The Bedford Diaries. I don't know if you ever watched this. Never heard of it. Okay, so The Bedford Diaries was, it was kind of like Masters of Sex, but on WB. Like, it, it had to do with sex and like...
0: The WB is so kid-friendly.
1: I know. Yeah that well young kind adult of. friendly it was one of their was. more yeah it was one of their more um i wouldn't say explicit but one of their more edgy salacious yeah edgier shows it wasn't salacious like gossip girl was but it talked about oh, sex yeah. but it starred pen badgley as the main character with milo gossip girl oh yeah this was right before gossip okay. girl Okay. And Matthew Modine, who you guys would recognize as Papa from Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, it only lasted eight episodes before it was canceled. Oh, Milo. Yeah. So we're at 2006, right? And things are not going great for Milo. Uh, We had three years of like back and forth with pilots that didn't get picked up. Uh, a tiny stint on some show that not many people have heard of and then the bedford diaries that didn't go well but then we have but that's okay because that's the year Milo got heroes i did watch that yes which brought him back to the screen for four seasons heroes was great until it wasn't
0: until the writer
1: strike yes the writer strike in 2007 ruined that show
0: it was so disappointing. It's such a great premise. It was. Like, it could have
1: been such a great show. Season one was phenomenal. It was. It, season one is probably one of the best shows. Season one's I've, ever. Yeah, ever. Um, and Milo was a big part of that. But obviously his biggest break was in 2016 when he got the role as Jack Pearson and This Is Us. Married to Mandy Moore. Yeah. He doesn't want to be
0: married to Mandy Moore. I want to be She married. seems so wholesome and sweet, and I love her.
1: <laughs> She's like a Rory Gilmore type person that, in real life that didn't go down <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. So even though we say goodbye to Jess for a bit, and definitely goodbye to the spinoff, yeah, Milo and Amelia is still around, handsome as ever, if not more handsome now. I'm gonna argue. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. That's a that's a hard. Um, and this he is stayed us, up there. This is us has finished. But you can catch him next February on a new show called The Company You Keep, which is based on a South oh. Korean drama. Interesting. I wonder if it's going to take off like This Is Us did. We shall find out. And when I say next February, I probably mean like last month. I don't know when this episode going <laughs> February 2023. Yes. So he did also have a guest star on Mrs. Maisel. He did. Um, which brought him back to ASP. And he did say that uh when he got off the show for Goma Girls that he loved ASP, right, and he would come back anytime for her. You'll notice that he did not come back in season seven because ASP she was no longer there. there. And he did come back for the revival because she was.
0: I will say I was very disappointed in his character and Mrs. Mazel.
1: Oh why?
0: uh I, he did a great job milo uh, did a great job it's just the character itself is an adulterer and oh, not, a, not, a, not great a good person,
1: person. Okay. but when
0: i found out he was gonna be on it i was like cool and then it was just like a one episode thing i was like no i wanted him to come back and be a good person and like <laughs> be in multiple episodes it just wasn't enough
1: <laughs> yes but that was a little deep dive on the failed pilot of when when oh god Wind Windward circle. World circle. <laughs> I didn't even say it right then. I got it. I got it that time. We got it. Windward circle. <laughs> but, and a little deep dive into Milo Amelia. who, yeah. after next episode, we're not going to see for a little bit of time. We'll see him here and there, maybe in season four, maybe five sprinkled in, in six. Like, we're really not going to see him too much. So, mm-hmm. goodbye, Jess. Goodbye, Milo. Sad times. We'll see you later. Yeah. We'll see you in your own shows. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but after references, sorry, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. But after references, we have a movie with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily.
0: We have a movie slash actress which, as uh, Sandra and I discussed before the recording, one of my favorite movies. So as I said in last week's episode, when Rory walks into the Gilmore Mansion and meets Miss Celine, she goes, oh my God, it's Sabrina. This is in reference to the 1954 film by the same name, starring, as you guessed it, Audrey Hepburn, mm-hmm. along with Humphrey Bogart and
1: William Holden. William Holden? We've heard that name before. I felt like we had
0: talked about it before, but I couldn't remember why
1: um For him. do you i might be wrong but is it when lorelei and rory are waiting in line to buy a basket and lorelei mentions william holden possibly i sounds right i feel like i have a vague memory about that but i do remember that name
0: listeners let us know because we mm. don't remember our own recordings <laughs> <laughs> i'll just have to go back and watch the episode But Sabrina Fairchild, played by Audrey Hepburn, is the chauffeur's daughter to the Larrabees, a prominent and high-class New York City family with two sons, Linus, a Yale grad, and David, a playboy. Of all the times I've watched this show, I never picked up the fact that Linus was a Yale graduate. graduate. (laughs) Um, But then when I was prepping for this, I just started watching it because why not? And then I got distracted. Mm. um so at the start of the movie sabrina is infatuated with david the younger son and watches him from afar but she is soon to be leaving for paris to attend a prestigious cooking school what they say in the movie is the best cooking school in the world no name is given i feel like it is supposed to like allude to a specific school in paris whose name i cannot for the life of me remember Mm. however the night before she is to leave she sees david set his sights on a new lady who giggles way too much (laughs) And she runs off to the garage, starts several cars with a very specific intention. That's as much as I'm going to allude to that. Mm -hmm. But before any permanent damage can be done, she is discovered by Linus. And she gets shipped off to Paris the next morning. She returns two years later with a glow up and catches David's eye immediately. like She's waiting Mm -hmm. at the train station for her dad to pick her up. David drives by and is like, hot girl alert, and picks her up. And honest to God, if they didn't, mm-hmm. if she didn't already know who he was, don't. But so she teases him until they get to his house because she lives there. But the, he invites her to a party, the party that night. She shows up looking gorgeous in her iconic dress for this movie. David is going to do his standard seduce her in the tennis at the tennis court. And when he does this, he takes a champagne bottle and puts two champagne glasses in his back pockets. Well, Linus sees mm-hmm. what's happening, pulls him into the room, addresses it. Because, by the way, David is engaged to somebody else for a business deal. And he sits on the champagne glasses. Ow. 23 stitches. You see there's a scene Yikes. of a doctor picking the glass out. And apparently, they're going to know they got all the glass out by reconstructing the champagne glasses. Right. As one does. Mm-hmm. Linus... Sees his Linus is the big business guru of of this point, so he sees his business deal slipping away and offers to David to basically keep her busy while David heals. Mm-hmm. They end up falling in love and running away together. That's essentially the movie. It's a great movie. Watch it. It's very sweet. Um, don't don't put today's standards to it. As with any nineteen fifties movie, just
1: enjoy the yeah. It was made Enjoy in the, the 50s. Love. It's going to be a different time.
0: But this movie brought three specific songs to my attention. The first one is Isn't, isn't It Romantic? Which that is the song that David mm-hmm. seduces all of his ladybirds to. He's been married at this point three or four times. Wow. Yeah. La Vie en Rose. Now, in this movie, mm-hmm. Audrey listens to... She's in Paris, so she actually listens to the French version. But Louis Armstrong has an English version which is still beautiful and is a song I sung to Charlie many a times trying to get her to sleep. Um, And then the last song is completely random. On one of her dates with Linus, they're out sailing and on the record they're listening to a song called Yes, We Have No Bananas. We have no bananas today. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so random. (laughs) Side note on the movie, there was a remake in 1995 starring Harrison Ford, Julia Ormond, and Greg Kinnear. I have never seen it. Because it's, I've not... never seen it either. I didn't it even know. It yeah, it's it. it was actually very popular, but it's not Audrey Hepburn,
1: so I never watched it. Yeah. I think his name, by the way, is Greg Kinnear.
0: You, I Greg Kinnear. I've heard I've heard Kinnear mm-hmm. and I've heard Kinnear, so I don't know. Greg. Greg, Greg, Greg K. K. The dad <laughs> in Shameless, if I remember correctly.
1: No. No, Dad in Shameless is William. A. God, Stacey. you're right. And he is. Awesome in it. Oh, Greg Kinnear. Will... No, was in something here's the thing. Else.
0: I always get these two actors confused. I always get these two actors confused with each other.
1: Oh, he was in the last song. Oh, Stuck in Love is a really good film that Greg Kinnear, Kinnear, K. Greg K was in. I recommend. I they really don't look that much alike, but I always get them confused.
0: Anyway, <laughs> moving on. There was a 1995 remake. Um, so. Uh, initially, on this movie, the director, Billy Wilder, he wanted Cary Grant to play the role of Linus instead of mm. Humphrey Bogart. But Cary Grant declined the role. Rumors say it's because he didn't want to carry an umbrella
1: on screen. But Was it not masculine to have an umbrella or something?
0: I don't know. The role then went to Humphrey Bogart, who mm. apparently was salty that he was not the first choice. And then also pissed that they did not give the main female role to his wife. And so he was kind of not
1: very well liked on set by anybody. Man, this like 50s, 60s drama, Hollywood drama is. There's, intense,
0: there's not right? a whole.
1: There's been books and stuff, right?
0: There's not a whole lot about this specific movie. Mm-hmm. He didn't get along with Billy Wilder or William Holden. And he was actually quoted as saying, oh, yeah, Audrey Hepburn's great as long as you don't mind doing a million takes. Or something along those lines. Rude. Just didn't think she was great either. Mm. Never mind that he was, you know, top billed and the highest paid actor on this movie. But he did supposedly later apologize to Billy Wilder, at least, for his behavior on set, citing personal problems.
1: Oh, yes. Why apologize to her? Right. She's just a woman. The
0: So if, if I'm remembering the numbers correctly. I roll. Humphrey Bogart pay, got paid 300000 for this movie. Wow. Uh, which
1: William, would have been what?
0: I did not do the math, but just in comparison. A lot. William Holden got paid $150,000, so half. Audrey Hepburn got paid 15000 and also oh had God. to pay for her own fashion budget.
1: Okay. 300000 in 1954, right? This is yes. 1954? That's when it was released. $3.3 million. $15,000 is $166,000. Yeah. Holy crap.
0: But the pay gap isn't a thing. Now, this is the 50s, obviously, and it was
1: very clearly a thing. Well, yeah, it was very much a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... Yikes. The movie is also said to have started off a lifelong friendship between Audrey Hepburn and fashion designer Hubert de Givenchy, French... I might have but I most likely butchered that name. Um, but he did help design her dress for this movie. It's rumored because the dress came from a different or well, a different stylist actually won the award for the fashion in this movie. Mm. But rumor has it that he helped design this with Audrey. That gotcha. dress. Okay, so Maseline also makes the comment that she told Audrey to get rid of that awful accent. If you have not listened to Audrey Hepburn talk, oh my god, she has the most beautiful voice and the most beautiful accent, and Miss Celine can go jump off a bridge for that comment.
1: Does she have an Atlantic accent or something? Her father was British, and her
0: mother was... I think her mother was Dutch, but she was Mm. born in Belgium. Her accent comes from a combination of Dutch, French, and English. Oh, wow. So her first language i could not find the source for that i couldn't find like a confirmed source but i believe her first language was french and mm-hmm. then she learned english and dutch um, so she was born in 1929 living in multiple pl- multiple places throughout europe including the netherlands brussels and england and after the start of world war ii her mother moved them to arnhem netherlands in the hopes that the netherlands would stay neutral as they did in world war one unfortunately that did not happen and it ended up being occupied by germany for five years hmm So Audrey's uncle was executed in retaliation for sabotage performed by the resistance movement in the Netherlands. He was a baron, I believe, Mm -hmm. and wasn't actually associated with the act that he was retaliated against for. It was more of a, you're a prominent person here and we're going to kill you because this happened, essentially. But her half-brother was deported to Berlin to a German labor camp, and her other half-brother went into hiding to avoid the same fate. Mm -hmm. Audrey herself, who had been studying ballet before the war, also helped the Resistance by giving underground concerts to raise money, Mm -hmm. delivering the underground newspaper, and taking messages and food to downed Allied flyers. Cool. Now, there has also been... There's also somebody... I don't remember the organization. They did release that she was not directly affiliated with the Resistance, but her son, Audrey's son, in a biography, said that they did find notes and letters in her personal effects that make it look like she was so there's princess leia there's debate (laughs) in the 1950s she narrated two radio programs for unicef retelling children's stories of war in 1989 was appointed as goodwill ambassador of unicef and during her time with them she traveled and brought food to ethiopia brought vaccines to turkey helped create water systems and build schools in venezuela ecuador and south africa She also went to Bangladesh with the goal to bring food to Civil War-torn areas that did not have a food supply. And a UN photographer, John Isaac, said, Often the kids would have flies all over them, but she would just go hug them. I've never seen that. Other people always had a certain amount of hesitation, but she would just grab them. Children would just come up to hold her hand, touch her. She was like the Pied Piper.
1: She seemed really sweet. She was
0: awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by H.W. Bush in in recognition for her work with UNICEF and was posthumously awarded the Jean Herschel Humanitarian Award by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences for her contributions to humanity. In 2002, at the United Nations Special Session on Children, uh, UNICEF honored her legacy by unveiling a statue, the Spirit of Audrey, at their New York headquarters. Which is actually really—I uh, looked it up. It's a beautiful statue. Mm-hmm. In addition to Sabrina, and this is what gets me: is everybody's like, "Oh, Audrey, such a famous actress. She was beautiful. She was classy. She was elegant." I was like, no, she was a phenomenal person. But she also starred in Breakfast at Tiffany's, Funny Face, Charade, Roman Holiday, Paris When It Sizzles, How to Steal a an Million, and so many more films.
1: Okay, real quick. Yes. Is she related to Catherine? No. Okay. So I always thought it was Catherine and breakfast at Tiffany's. So no. it's not. It's it Audrey. Audrey. Absolutely Audrey. So what did Catherine do? Not, not asking like a deep dive of her, but... I, I, I don't know. Okay.
0: Supposedly, I don't remember who it was, but somebody who was going to be working on Sabrina thought uh-huh. that they were going to be working with Catherine Hepburn, not Audrey Hepburn, and got like thrown for a loop when they showed up and it wasn't her. Interesting. Uh, so Catherine... Hepburn, was famous for the Philadelphia stories. Oh, the African Queen. That would be the big one. Okay. She did the African Queen with Humphrey Bogart.
1: And guess who's coming to dinner? Yes. Okay. I don't know why I always thought Catherine was the one in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, but Mm -mm. I guess it's just the last name kind of deal. Yeah. But they look different, too. It's not even that they look similar, but I guess... Same last name, same era. Close enough that people are like, they're the same person. I don't know. I can't. I don't know a whole lot about Catherine Hepburn.
0: I never followed mm-hmm. her a lot, so I don't know much about her. But yeah, Kath I mean, Catherine, because also she's also worked with Humphrey Bogart and a lot of the same actors that Audrey has worked with as well. Now,
1: Audrey, correct me if I'm wrong, had a doe as a pet, correct? Yes. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. That's awesome. But also, leave wild animals alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't, don't adopt a doe. But also, that's really cute. So
0: one of, uh, she passed, unfortunately passed away from a rare abdominal cancer in 1993, I think only two months after getting home from another mission trip in Somalia. Oh, wow. So she was, she was working to, the very to make the world a better place. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if anybody ever tells you that Audrey Hepburn is a beautiful face and a great actress, be like, you're right. Look into her though, because she was also a fantastic person. Just don't. She look, sounds it. Don't look at her love life. It was. A little tumultuous and just full of kind of unhappiness. Nothing like terrible, but not happy.
1: It's a lot of drama in those years. There was.
0: There was a lot of adultery committed by Mm -hmm. the men against her. Yikes. But that was Sabrina and Audrey. One of my favorite movies with one of my favorite actresses. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. Okay, now since Jess isn't actually here, we're going to go into Stars Hollow Speaks. Uh, So first off, from To Earth From Pluto, she commented on our post for um, the first episode of Dear Emily and Richard. Mm-hmm. she says this is my favorite episode of the entire series and because of that this is the first episode of the podcast i'm just a teeny tiny bit nervous to hit play on
1: i don't think you have to be nervous it's actually I, one of my all-time favorites too exactly yeah oh, I, I get th- it
0: i think you're fine to earth from pluto i, I hope we don't
1: ruin the episode for you <laughs> i hope not Please skip listening. also to listen. you know what i realized mm-hmm. she spells favorite with a u <gasps> where are you from where are you from We'll from? find out in five months. Where are you from? I'm trying to click on your username in my saved <laughs> screenshot. It's not working. Why not? No. <laughs> so I'm assuming either Canada or England, which is super cool. Either one.
0: But then after that, we did also get an email from Vanessa. She said, hi, ladies. I just wanted to start off by saying how much I love your podcast. The categories you, you all have. Oh, Yes. Thank you very much. The categories you all have chosen to discuss are just so Gilmore and are things I've always been curious about myself like the actual amount of coffee they drink. So it's really nice to have someone else do the work for me. You are (laughs) so welcome. (laughs) It's safe to say I really appreciate your attention to detail. I also just wanted to throw in here something that took many rewatches of my favorite comfort show, is that Lorelai and I are birthday twins. But I will say there have been several times that I am disappointed in her character and don't get those tourist
1: vibes I so longingly want from her. I gotta admit to you, I don't know anything about astrology. All I know okay. about Scorpios is that a lot of people hate them because we're vindictive.
0: Apparently. I'm a Gemini, and apparently that means I'm two-faced.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, and Scorpios and Geminis are not supposed to get along. Burned that well, we one right away. Yeah, we're fine. We get
0: along really well. There's no hidden drama behind the scenes in no. this podcast. <laughs> there really isn't. Just random memes that we share back and forth. And TikToks. <laughs> any hoosers uh, vanessa continues the to say which i want to say <laughs> literally says any hoosers which i'm like girl are you from indiana because that's that's the thing um i just started catching up on your episodes but i recently finished the episode talking about love and war and snow which i'm sure as uh, some of you can remember is when max visits stars hollow in the snowstorm Mm-hmm. And wanted to mention there is a small part in a letter ep- later episode explaining that the town meetings are for the business owners of Stars Hollow, a conversation between Luke and Taylor, which explains why there aren't very many in attendance. Although I've always been curious to know if maybe Babette and Maury owned a shop, maybe Salted Nuts, and that's why they <laughs> attend the meetings, or if it was just out of citizen solidarity and to keep the main side characters around. I think this is, uh, Sandra, I don't know what your opinion on this is. I think it is for the business owners, but I think it is for the town as well. I don't think it's just business owners. I yeah, I would I would go with that for them mm-hmm. to be able to raise concerns.
1: Because like you kinda mentioned be off pod, Emily. Dean goes quite often with Clara sometimes. Yeah.
0: I forgot Clara's there sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, I, and, and
0: he was there with or no, that was the that was the Poe episode when he was there with Lindsay.
1: Yeah, no. And it was like, you remember that episode where Rory just springs up and like confesses about the troubadours yeah. and all that stuff?: Yeah, Dean is there.
0: He is. So, like, and the troubadours aren't really a, a business. No. they're specifically not business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I can see it being a business meeting that's open. For yeah. anyone that wants to come. That makes sense.
0: Because, I mean, Lorelai and Suki and Michelle have to do their presentation for the Dragonfly mm-hmm. to the town. So, I think it's... My opinion is that it is allowed for business matters, but it's not just business matters.
1: Yeah, that makes oh, sense. because
0: don't we also have an episode between Gypsy and Andrew where they have to, like, fit, they vote who was in fault, at
1: fault for an accident? Yes, also remember that this is also the town meeting that votes again between Lore- Lorelai and Luke on which yeah. side they are on after the ba- breakup. So like, okay, it doesn't seem wholly professional. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm gonna
0: stand with it. Business matters are definitely brought up at town meetings, but it's not specifically for only business matters. Mm-hmm. We love you, Vanessa. <laughs> she she does go on to say anyway since i'm still listening i don't know if maybe you guys will catch that in a later episode but if not i thought i'd share what i know keep up the great work and i'm excited to hear what your input is going to be in the let's just say not so fantastic last seasons and she signs it in omnia pratis.
1: very nice i'm also curious as to what the hell happens in season seven because i never watched it if you're just joining for the first time sandra has never seen season seven
0: we don't give her that much crap about it. I mean, it's we
1: fine. do.
0: We do. <laughs> we <do. laughs> Kind of do. It's okay. But thank you, Vanessa, for the email so so much. It was such a it's, it
1: is such a sweet email. It is. Thank you. And we also put up an Instagram post about today's episode. And Ayla says, Ayla, Isla, A Y L A. Could go either way. Ayla and or Isla says, oh, look, it's another quirky independent woman raising a precocious bookworm. <laughs> yes.
0: You <laughs> are correct. You're not wrong. And this actress continues to do that again as a, another character. Yeah.
1: Later on. Uh, Megan says, I usually skip this one, or at least fast forward through the California parts. Now, we've talked about skipping episodes. I am also a skipper. Emily, you are not a skipper. Not really. No. I just um, but I get it. I get skipping it or at least fast-forwarding through the California episodes. It's
0: not The I California also, is. Mm. I also never noticed how much I disliked Jimmy in this episode. Yeah. Until like analyzing, it's like, "Oh mm-hmm. god, he really sucks." <laughs> what is it with the dads in this show?
1: Yeah, honestly, we never we never talked about the comparison of Christopher. It's but um Jimmy and Christopher are not too far sick. apart. Let's just say that. I guess Anyways. At, at least Christopher showed up. That's fair. Might have been better if he didn't. I don't know. That's also fair. Um, Alba says, there are some good moments, but this episode is a skip for me. I don't know why they try to do a spin off. Seeing Jess's character development happen on Gilmore Girls gradually would have been better. Yes, I 100% agree that if yeah. Milo would have stayed on the show, I don't think the epi- the, the show would have went the way it went right like I don't think Logan would have I don't know actually I don't know if they were endgame you know what I mean
0: I'm also wondering if we would have gotten the same interest into Jess's personal life as we mm-hmm. as we do when there is no will
1: they or won't they with Rory right because like I feel like Jess as a character had a little bit more substance than Dean most definitely character. you know what I mean like Jess existed outside of Rory yeah so it would have been interesting to see it the entire way through i do i am glad that we see some parts of it though right but we also could have he could have been put on the bus and never, never seen never again. seen again
0: but we do we do see him and this is the parts where we see him again i think is the main reason he's such a loved character not because of what we've seen so far but because of what we see in the future
1: so we also get a comment from ellen who uh made i'm gonna say she justifies my mind my that head. you made and she says everyone hates this one but i'm not mad about it i wonder what a wayward show would have looked like it is not called wayward it is called windward oh are you watching
0: supernatural too
1: um, did you do the same thing i did <laughs> i combined the pilots don't feel bad eleanor Eleanor, that's the that wrong is, name. That is absolutely not her name. <laughs> well, I mean, don't, feel, the, I don't know. Don't feel bad, Al. We did the same thing. Um, but El continues to say, do you guys have any thoughts? Would you have seen more crossover? Would you have watched? We kind of answered this earlier mm-hmm. with the deep dive that I did. But we didn't really answer that last question. Would we have personally watched this show? Absolutely. I would have watched anything with Milo and Amelia at the time because I was real into him.
0: If I had known um, the
1: other two shows about that
0: you mentioned in the references, I would have watched those. But I definitely watched Heroes because of yes. Milo. So I would have Same. absolutely
1: watched it. Um, what's interesting is that I watched One Tree Hill live. So I would have been 12 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. One Tree Hill was definitely not for 12-year-olds. Let's just put it there. The OC is, was a little less... was a little more teen... Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Wonder Hill went straight into adult real quick. DOC was a little bit more teen. Also, Adam Brody was amazing in it. Yep. (laughs) But I didn't watch that one live. I watched that one when I was 16. I watched it later on when it was already almost done. Right. It would have been interesting if it would have been Gilmore Girls-esque and that it was not about sex or about bad words or anything like that. I probably would have watched because I was 12 years old. And that was, like, kind of what I was into. Mm
0: -hmm. Like,
1: just chill teen shows, not Gossip Girl kind of shows. However, that being said, I was watching One Tree Hill, so it's, it's, it would have depended on the show as well, on how good it was. They approached it. Yeah. Also, not to say, like, I wouldn't watch a boy-led show, because I have, right? Right. I have watched many boy-led, sh- men-led shows,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: at the time, Gilmore Girls was so special was because it was mostly Girl. females, yeah, mm-hmm. and that was something that I could relate to, but I think I would have watched it, I-, I loved Milo, I would have watched it, let's be honest. I would have definitely watched it, I did not, and I
0: actually, I have not ever watched um, The O.C. or One Tree Hill, mm-hmm. um, so I have no comparison.
1: Okay, I think get- I'm going to make you guys watch, like, one episode each.
0: Is that gonna is that gonna be my fail when I fail yeah. something? That's gonna be,
1: be my punishment. Gonna make you watch the first episode of the OC and you're gonna be like, "Wow, this is actually a pretty good show." Uh,
0: Sorry. So I don't, I, 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 get the point of the competition of just mm-hmm. too much of the same all at once. Yeah, I still stand by. It. I feel like it would have done better than they would have anticipated just because of the Gilmore following. But yeah. I get ASP not wanting to split her time with so much competition on the other show on the new show yeah.
1: because gilmore girls didn't have a direct competition no charmed was at the same time but it wasn't it, it was magical is not the same and, i mean i love yeah. charm but it, it is not the same thing but like there was no like women family like seventh heaven but that was it was still seven a cast yeah and men women like you know what i mean like there was no really competition yeah uh, but to answer your question yes we would have watched it <laughs> <laughs> but ending up this episode thankfully this was not as cursed as the last time we had a duo episode this is uh, the first time we are recording this episode <laughs> right um, so we're good i gotta ask you a question emily yeah so we start off at weston's and mm-hmm. like you said fran has just passed maybe. fran has just passed which is interesting, they didn't even mention her. Nope. There was no mention at all. But yes, we're at Weston's, and Lorelai and Rory are both sitting. They both have a cup of coffee in front of them, except Lorelai has hers right in front, and Rory mm. has hers with the pie. So it is... She does say, like, I'm gonna take five minutes for pie. Why are they at Weston's instead of Luke's? Because Rory's avoiding Luke's. That's why they ate at the soup plantation. Yeah. Like, we didn't really talk about it in the main episode, but Rory has her scheduled filled to the brim, so I'm assuming this is also on the schedule. To
0: Breakfast avoid Luke's?
1: At Weston's, yeah, or something. Avoid Luke slash Jess. Yes. Well, <laughs> Jess is not there to avoid. Yeah. But you see that her cup of coffee is, like, pushed so back. across from her. Yeah. Do we count him? Do we see a sip? No. From neither of them. I don't think we count them, then. They're just there. And they're so pushed away that it almost looks like they've drank them and they're done. It could be lanes or something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like it. They're done with those cups. So I'm inclined not to include them. Yeah. If we don't see a sip, I'd
0: say that they don't count. Which means no coffee. No coffee. Yeah. The only other time is we see Lorelai sneaking through trying to make coffee,
1: but Mm -hmm. it's not done in time. Nope, it's never made, um, and it's never drank. So, no coffee.
0: We only have one more episode. The season.
1: How (laughs) are we going to finish? (laughs) How are we going to finish? To be fair, half of this episode was in California. Yes. And half of this episode was trying to make a different show. So, like, I understand that uh, coffee was not at their forefront. It was mentioned. Let's put it that way. Coffee was at least mentioned, but it was not drink. I feel
0: like. Rory should have had a lot of coffee this episode with everything she's trying
1: to stay on top of. So interestingly enough, Lorelai does mention that. At the end of the episode, she goes, You should go to sleep. Or just do another pot of coffee and stay up all night again. Right. So it's so implied it scene. Exactly. That makes sense. So with implications, with things that are like off screen, we're not counting as per our rules, so I'm calling it definitively no coffee this episode. Okay, that was the episode, right? That's the episode. That's the episode. We don't do anything else after this. No. As always, I was Sandra, and I was Emily. We and Justice somewhere around there. We're not sure. She's somewhere here. We think. (laughs) We hope.
0: (laughs) We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. With the season finale. Thank you so much for listening. This is Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast with Sandra, Jess, and Emily. You can follow us on Instagram at townmeetingpod, send us an email at townmeetingpod at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash townmeetingpod and click message. You can also support us by subscribing to us on Spotify or buying us a cup of coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.